good morning, everyone. Welcome to the OOH Insider. I am Andrea Henley, guest host for Tim Rowe. Thank you, Tim, for allowing me this opportunity. Well, when this opportunity came about, the first person I thought of was James Orsini, the president of Sasha Media Group. Um, this will be our third anniversary of interviews. Um, each time we've done something a little different, <laughs> written form, video form, and now Zoom form. Um, I guess this saves me a flight up to New York. I don't know if Floridians are allowed in New York anyway. <laughs> so uh, you know, at this capacity, James, you have been such a mentor to me and so many people while running a multi-million dollar media group. Um, you're very generous with your time and you, everything you do, you lead with a servant heart. So I'm really very honored to have you here and see you again. I know we've kept in touch through this, but um, thanks for being here. And um, how are you doing? Well, we're, we're doing great. You know, to your point about our Floridians allowed here, you, you would be, but you'd have to quarantine for 14 days before we could have our uh, interview. Uh, but uh, yes. <laughs> You know, it was so funny because uh, uh, different stages of uh, my career throughout the, you know, the VaynerX family uh, and the interview process, right? We, we started out when you were interviewing me. I was uh, chief operating officer of, uh, of VaynerX at the time was actually running the, uh, the Vayner production studios in Long Island City uh, until we, uh, we landed on our our uh, new uh, leader, um, Aaron Covan, who's been doing great there now. Uh, but, uh, you know, just part of uh, um, executing on Gary's vision and, and now most recently as president of the Sasha, where, you know, he, he had a vision to service small and medium-sized businesses uh, and had built a company to service Fortune 500. So uh, didn't didn't have a spot, so uh, we created a new uh, new company, and he asked me to lead it, and uh, I'm thrilled and honored. And uh, you know, we're about a year and nine months into it, and uh, I'm pleased to say that it's uh, it's successful. It's running, uh, it's resonating well uh, in the marketplace for the sub 200 million type company uh, from a wow. revenue perspective. Uh, and our goal is to get up to outgrow the Sasha Group and grow into VaynerMedia. So that's what we do here. Okay, so it's kind of the launching pad into Vayner. Yeah, um, for, I was I did some research on because I'm the guest host on who the audience is that's you know watching this, and and I thought it was mostly out of home. However, it is small business owners, small to medium sized business owners. So I thought this is even a better fit um, for those of the people, the audience that are watching that may know Vayner and not totally familiar with Sasha, feel like Sasha group is education, marketing, consulting, mentoring. Mm -hmm. well, and right now there's such a need for small businesses that, that are trying to market themselves, uh, rise above the noise, not sure what direction to go into. Um, can you give us sort of the overview or the reader's digest of start to finish what small businesses can, you know, obviously if they retain you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, look, we, we, we have a, this great entry-level product that we launched uh, actually during the pandemic. Um, 
uh, an educational product called Stork, um, which uh, gives uh, uh, weekly tactical content for small businesses, right? So Monday, okay. it's, a, it's a five to 10 minute video. On Wednesday, it's uh, uh, topical articles about uh, what was released on Monday. And on Friday, it's an Ask Me Anything Live where the audience can can ask questions about Monday's topic, right? And that, and that could be uh, how to advertise on a podcast, uh, how to find uh, uh, influencers for a local business. Um, you know, it's a, it's a really great value uh, uh, membership, if you will, for, you know, I think it's $300 a year that we're doing that. Wow. Now. Um, well, I'm going to get so, that. <laughs> yeah, it's a great, you should. It's store. I know, I need this. I'm asking for me. Stork.thesashagroup.com <laughs> yes. and then you can find out. Okay, that. I'll get that. That's really been a, a successful, uh, uh, you know, when it, when, when it was free, we had like 1,100 people during the pandemic uh, using it to get them back on their feet. And then we flipped it from um, uh, a, a free content to paid uh, service type model. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we have a couple hundred members um, uh, and they're really finding value. We, we take uh, surveys uh, to see what, what more they want to see, what more value we could bring. Uh, this, this week uh, was... Uh, a topic on uh, our, uh, our branding versus sales. Uh, um, you know, we, we had, you know, what's new on on uh, TikTok, but you know, real tactical how tos. It's it's not informative. It's do this. Um, so you know, in the, in the pandemic, we saw a, a couple things happen for small businesses. One, okay. they had to absorb the fact that the world was different. Okay, um, right. They had to adapt, uh, and and early stages were survival mode. It, it wasn't about profit. It was about I got to be standing at the end of this thing, and if I yeah. am, I've won. Um, and, and the third was really uh, what we called attacking, uh, moving a piece of the business to offense because you you can't win the game strictly on defense, um, right? So so at the Sasha Group, our pivots uh, were. We're moving to uh, uh, helping our clients find solutions through virtual whiteboard sessions, uh, mm -hmm. helping them, uh, you know, live action production was shut down. So, so you know, uh, uh, taking um, uh, existing pieces of content, uh, send them to, to us. We would remix the content, push it back out within, you know, 10 days or so uh, in order to give them some freshness That's to marketing. So uh, you know we've been we've been finding a lot that they're that they're getting on their feet. We were we were kind of talking off camera, you and I, about some of the things that you're doing in your small business. And sure. you know we did notice that there there's some smart things that small businesses will do even after the pandemic. Like it's not going away, right? So right. So what are some of those things? Well, it's improved customer service, right? Uh, uh, you realized how valuable your customers were when you lost more than 50%, right? Absolutely. Uh, it's new products and services, right? We were talking about your your uh, place uh, launching virtual, right? So so virtual events are not going to go away. Um, uh, uh, it's a renewed focus on your basic digital footprint. you got to have a website that's good. Your social channels need to be functional. <laughs> We're in a digital world now, right? You have to pay pay attention to that. Uh, you're going to make a commitment to digital. 
right? Maybe in e-commerce or something like that. So uh, these are things that won't go away. Even if your retail store opens, you're not going to shut down your e-commerce. You were forced to build an e-commerce site, right? We were, we were working with a client, um, uh, Bumbleberry uh, Farms, and it was, uh, you know, high-end honeys that were sold at retail. Well, needed a pivot, right? Need, need to get onto social, need the retail stores were closed. So those type of things are not going to go away. Um, focus on cybersecurity, right? Early on, everybody, it was all these Zoom things and everybody was getting the Zoom bombers, right? So realized <laughs> you, need, uh, you need some, uh, some security. Um, what, um, what businesses are you seeing that traditionally we haven't seen that are coming to the forefront now? Um, I mean, you guys are the master of reinvention, innovation. Are there some... Um, we've seen some businesses really take off during this that are like, wow, surprising um, pool services here, for instance, in Florida, because everybody's quarantined. So they started using their pools again, um, motorsports, boats and things like that. We just want to, you know, is there anything that, you know, and, and how has that affected ad dollars? I know some went away, but are you seeing, wow, this new sector or vertical is, you know, really hot right now. Um, we're, just we're, curious about that. we're certainly seeing that, uh, you know, anything around the, 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 the personal touch area, right? Anything around the digital experience area. Um, uh, people are spending more time at their homes. So, you know, you, you, can't, you can't buy an above ground pool. I tried to find an outdoor uh, fire pit this weekend, sold out. You know, people are, are taking the time to do what they're doing in their home. Because they realize, like, take somebody like me, right? So I would get up, living in New Jersey, working in Manhattan. I'd get up at 5.50 a.m. and I'd come home at 7.30 p.m. I didn't really see my house. Now I'm living in my house. And I'm realizing, <laughs> wow, I, I need new garage doors. I, 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 could, I should really have, like, a back patio. I don't even have a patio, you know? So I'm spending. Home improvements are uh, out the roof. You can't buy a, a gardening hose. Like you're not going to go to a hardware store and find anything related to gardening. It's all sold out. Wow. Yeah, that makes sense. The su- it's the summer months there as well. And, sure. And that's sure. something that's crazy. We, it's the same here with um, pool chemicals and pool services and mm-hmm. people are building pools. We, we were just going to buy some jet skis. We can't get them. We can't even find them. <laughs> and, and companies that were doing one thing and then pivoted to another, right? So we, we had a client uh, called Dormify, which sold dorm room furniture, right? And then okay. all of a sudden, all all the students were pulled out of the schools. The schools were shut down. Um, so they pivoted and realized, wow, people are going to be working from home. They're going to be on screen now. Maybe they need a more comfortable chair, a pillow for their wow, bed, a, a picture hanging on the wall. So it was the same messaging that we then just helped pivot to a work from home kind of environment as opposed to a dorm room. Uh, you know, and, and most of the stock uh, you know, was able to, to apply. How is, speaking of like working from home, I've been to your offices. It's really this, you feel like you're walking into somebody's home. You guys all are, you know, just love each other. It's a great culture. Um, obviously it's great leadership. Um, and I know that there's a lot of energy and collaboration that, you know, needs to be there, you know, in person, but how have you all adjusted to working from home or do you guys do half it, half 
home or do you get together? What What is the culture at Sasha like? Yeah, um, so... It, it, so the interesting part about that uh, is, uh, you know, connecting with employees is another one on the list of smart things for small businesses that won't go away. OK, uh, I've never felt more closer to my leadership team than, than now when I'm apart. Um, and that includes the leadership that I have in Tennessee and leadership that I have in California, as well as the New Yorkers whom you met. So uh, we're using a little software called uh, 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 an app called Marco Polo, where where we (laughs) video content and speak through uh, it's video texting, if you will. Um, But, you know, usually kick off every day with a hey, here's it's sort of a, a conversation from me to the leadership, which they engage with some answer back. Some just, you know, give me a thumbs up emoji or heart or something like that, obviously. Um, uh, again, twice a week uh, with my leadership team on uh, a Zoom call. Um, uh, last week, as an example, I engaged with what I called my newbies. So um, uh, four people that I had during the pandemic who, who only started in, in the virtual world, right? So, so they've never they left a comfortable job at another company. Not, not one of them were unemployed. So they left a comfortable job in another company to come and join this wow. virtually with meeting nobody but talking heads on a computer. So, you know, I wanted to make sure that they were uh, feeling uh, a part of the culture and plugged in. Um, uh, and I that said, great. you guys know, I'm the only one who referred to you as newbies. Everybody, you're part of the team. Nobody's calling you the new people. You know, I just, that was me as part of, you know, uh, the meeting setup. So, yeah, th- those are things we have an all hands meeting uh, next week. We'll uh, I'll share uh, uh, you know an update uh, for the second quarter that ended. Um, we'll have just the normal. Yeah, fifty people on the video. So. Do you feel speaking of that? Like <clears throat> I saw a lot of companies, right? You and I've been through this type of stuff before. Dot com era, real estate crash. We always recover. We always rebuild. We always adapt. We pivot. I've seen a lot of companies do knee-jerk reactions because of this and forced retirement, some of the people that were talented, but just trying to save money. Also, I was surprised at the number of people that were laid off or furloughed that were really talented and were performers, but it was just like they were you know, sacrificed during this um, versus the company trying to figure out how do we They've hit the panic button versus let the dust settle. Let's see where we're at. There's a whole slew of these really talented people that are like, look, I was great. I was there for 15 years. I was performing, but, you know, I was let go. Um, The virtual is the new, you know, office space, and you can get the highest level of talent now, no matter where they're at. Um, What have you seen? Do you think that, I guess my question is, do you think a lot of businesses did a knee-jerk reaction versus trying to change their direction um, in in the new what are we calling the new normal? Well, you know, I, I actually wrote a couple pieces on on this, uh, which you can find on Medium. Um, one was about okay. not sleeping during the pandemic. The other was uh, I was young and not old, uh, and basically to your point about seeing. You know, being down on Wall Street, uh, you know, during the, the crash of Lehman and uh, 9 and uh, 2008, you know, getting through all these 
uh, um, thought to be earth-shattering, ending, world-ending yeah. pandemics, and only to realize that we get through it, and in each time we got through it stronger. So um, the advertising industry in general has been decimated. You know, a lot, lot, of, lot of people uh, let go. Um, it, the pandemic has forced old models to be rethought. We are very fortunate at VaynerMedia and in particular the Sasha group that we are not an old model, but a new model. So I, I hired six people during the pandemic, um, uh, I transferred a couple from Vayner too, and, and then went outside and hired four on my own. So, um, uh, but you know, yesterday I was commenting on how uh, the pandemic is going to force higher education, colleges and universities they have to rethink the model. The model is an old, broken model, uh, you know, uh, and now you're going to have to rethink that. You're not going to be able to charge what it is that you used to charge. You're not going to be able to remain insular. <laughs> Complained about... Um, your career. daughter entering yeah. college, right? Your daughter, right. your... Yeah, first year. Okay. Yeah, I'm I have no... Uh, okay. Franny uh, uh, is uh, in her second year now. Oh, it's yeah. time flies. Uh, okay. But, you know, that one was different. So, you know, they make all their money through the dorms and everything like that. Sure. We weren't going to take the chance of another possible closure. So we got an off-campus apartment for her in the second year. And sure enough, an announcement comes through that, hey, man, with the social distances, we really only have enough room for all the freshmen to dorm. And everybody else, you're going to have to figure that out. Now, um, we were ahead of the game, uh, quite frankly, at her direction, but we were ahead of the game and had the apartment. Now, there's people scampering. They're driving around the neighborhood trying to, like, secure a lease now. You know, so this the, the pandemic forces old models to re- rethink. It rewards new models who have already rethought, right? So um, uh, uh, a lot of those I feel things, like... I feel like there's businesses that you help. I've seen you help that don't, that have been established. Uh, there's one that comes to my mind that you worked with um, that it was profitable, but they had no marketing strategy or no, they don't know how to reinvent themselves. Like they've always done the same thing. It's, it's worked, but they're missing out on so much new opportunity. Um, what do you, What's your advice to companies that sort of have been complacent, don't know what to do, um, you know, what direct, where, where do they start? You know, they're not comfortable with social media or social posts. How does, yeah, so, how so does let one me give you an um, Tomorrow I'm on a pod, on Gary's podcast at 5 p.m. tomorrow. Uh, and the topic is behind the curtain of the mentors program. And we're going to interview one of our first mentors clients, a guy by the name of Habib Solo, who, who runs a company called Young Nails out in uh, California. And they're a nail polish manufacturer. I remember that. Okay. Yeah, I remember and they, that. And they were successful. You know, they were a successful nail polish manufacturer selling to whatever it was, 350,000 licensed cosmetologists. So, uh, you know, during our course in, uh, uh, of mentoring them and uh, spending time with Gary, you know, we came up with the concept of, hey, man, you know, 350,000 licensed cosmetologists. Well, there is like 160 million women in the U.S. 
like maybe you should broaden your audience. Maybe you should go direct to consumer. You know what I mean? Just do it yourselfers who, who, you know, we're not going to alienate the professionals that, that buy your product and maybe we'll develop some new colors or a different line that we sell direct to consumers. Now, let me ask you this. During this pandemic, do you think that guy is happy that he made the pivot when every nail salon was closed and he still couldn't keep up with the orders being shipped to the people's homes? You know, so oh, yeah. tell the story of how he's doubled in three years. His top line business doubled in three years during a pandemic. When the, when the world shut down, he still doubled. So, um, yeah, we, you know, we work hard to bring our clients explosive growth. Okay. Explosive. Uh, I love that. Yeah. We represent another one now. Um, uh, it's a manufacturer of, uh, of uh, uh, electric scooters. You know, uh, we think there couldn't be a better timing for that in, in the New York area, right? People are not going to want to get on the subway with 2000, mm-hmm. right? Like, uh, they're going to, they want to commute maybe with a bicycle or a scooter or, you know, uh, a, a board. Um, so those sales are, are going up and looking good, uh, during oh, the that's, that's interesting. And speaking, we have to talk about, one of the biggest stories I think during this was Empathy Wines being acquired by Constellation because didn't they see how well Empathy was doing online and said, especially during this, right? Yeah, Everybody's so, thinking. I, so, that was awesome. That was amazing, by the way. Yeah. The, the, so, the, so Gary always says great marketing can't sell a shit product. Unfortunately, <laughs> Um, uh, but, uh, a constellation brands, I don't believe, I mean, I, I haven't spoken to Gary about that. We're going to, I have time with him on the 17th, but, um, constellation brands weren't so enamored with three and a half million of sales or 15,000 cases that were sold in year one. They were enamored with the ability, uh, to, to go direct to consumer through an e-commerce platform that, the empathy folks, uh, Nate and Trouty, both of which worked from uh, Gary in the past and VaynerX. I worked closely with them when I first started, um, uh, you know, developed. So it's that platform that Constellation Brands is interested in to push bigger wine labels like Simi and, and uh, Robert Mondavi that they own. Right. So so this, hey, man, you've already done that. And and we've seen that so many times before. Right. Where big big companies, the Pepsis of this world, and, you know, oftentimes have to acquire the innovation from outside their own hallways. There's, you reach a point where there's just too much bureaucracy and, and you know, this guy hands his work to this guy who hands his work to this guy. This is why I left public accounting, right? This guy hands his work to this, sure, sure. this guy, hands it to the manager, hands it to the partner. I'm like, wait a second, I, you know, uh, I'm the guy that did the work, you know? Like, yeah, too many layers. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, uh, having the ability to, uh, leverage that, uh, for some of their bigger brands. And that's why they, they employed, uh, Nate and, uh, and Trouty, as we affectionately call them, um, uh, as part of the Constellation Brands family. Yeah. How do you see, um, with, obviously you were talking about the content changing, right, for your existing content, you know, what is the convert, okay, with everything that's going on online, as we know, COVID, political, all of that, you see brands pulling out that don't want to be associated with that, but then you also 
people still need to market themselves. And that's obviously the best way is online, digital. Um, how do they do that in a way where it doesn't seem insensitive, but also keep your, you want to sustain your brand? Is that yeah. a different conversation or is it a different I'll tell, tell you this. Establishing the brand platforms, what your brand stands for, vision, mission, value, okay, and, and, and the pillars that are going to hold up your brand that you could always look back to and say, hey, this is why we did what it is that we did, okay? Not wishy-washy, not, not, you know, flown with the breeze. Today's the day we all get on this bandwagon. Tomorrow we're on something else, okay? Uh, it's so vitally important. We're doing so much work in that for small businesses. Our, our branding division is really uh, taking off nicely. You, you remember I was, I was global CFO for Interbrand and then the North American Chief Operating Officer. So Interbrand really taught me the power of brand, right? Gary okay. says um, uh, a brand it, uh, outsells the best salesman like 10 to 1. Right. So brand is more powerful than, than yourself. So, um, so getting that, uh, now let's talk about that. Cause I just read uh, a, a great piece about the Yeti brand, right? two, two brothers you know, who couldn't keep their fish cold, who developed. This product. <laughs> I love Yeti. Look how expensive it is. Yeah. Now. <laughs> and it, it, it did a billion, 1 billion would it be in sales last year. Right now. Their, their demo isn't guys like me that drag the Yeti to the pool, okay? Their demo was really hardcore fishermen, hunters, people in the woods, need to keep this thing cold for three days because I'm living in, in the woods. Well, they took a stand against the NRA, you know, and, and weren't in support of the NRA because they went back to their brand values. And, uh, you know, a lot of their customers boycotted. In fact, there were some viral videos of, of, of hunters actually shooting their Yeti uh, um, coolers, like blowing them up kind of thing. But it didn't stop them because they took the time to develop their brand promise and their brand pillars. And now it has become a cultish type brand, right? It's gone way beyond uh, fishermen and hunters and, you know, cool thing to have sold out. Um, but, uh, you know, Establishing your brand promise uh, and, and then uh, being able to say, this is why I did what I did. This is why I supported that. This is why I was silent on that. This is why I was against that. You know, as long as it comes back. Oh, I love it. So what your brand stands for no matter what. I love it. Uh, what do you think about um, – I know you work with a lot of startups. I feel like there's going to be a lot of startups – as a result of this, people that are very talented, that have that entrepreneurship, you know, they're, they're an entrepreneur caught in a corporate body. That's what I always said I was. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, what are the, what are the mistakes? There's, there's always startups. There seems like, you know, there's always a good idea. What are the mistakes that they make starting out as a startup? You got a great idea. I think it's great. Everybody says it's great. Um, before they, you know, what are, what are the steps that you give to a brand new startup? And it was pretty difference. general. There's a big difference between a business model and an idea. I can't, mm -hmm. how many, how many, uh, look, you know, when we launched the Sasha group, we had 4,800 inquiries uh, or 4,700 inquiries in the first 48 hours. Okay. And as we peeled back the onion, uh, a few thousand of them were nothing more than an idea. You're not a startup with an idea, okay? Uh, you need sure. 
business plan, you need funding, you know, and that doesn't mean that you go out and raise capital. Gary's not crazy about giving away pieces of his company. You know, you kind of bootstrap it is what he's saying. Like, you know, right, do some right. friends and family, uh, liquidate some of the assets that you have to get it off the ground. Uh, this was another reason why we launched the Stork product because, you know, the Sasha Group was really for funded startups with a revenue stream, right? Okay. We have a product for people who just were, you know, birthing something new, right? So, um, uh, so now, you know, we said, look, let's let the stork thing do its thing and help them do it themselves, right? Um, Sasha actually got like into recruiting where, you know, we help recruit for, hey, I'm ready now to build my own internal team. I need a videographer. I need a content producer. I, I need a media buyer. I, you know, we help our clients find those those people. Many of which uh, reside in Gary's inbox, as you can imagine, because so many people want to want to be part of his world. Oh, yeah. Can't imagine. Yeah. So, uh, 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 you know, not being able to have a boss doesn't an entrepreneur. Okay, mm-hmm. that's another thing that we saw. Uh, I'm an entrepreneur because, you know, I can't have a boss been fired from my last three companies. Mm, not certain about that. Right, uh, right. You'll know if you have entrepreneurial tendencies or an entrepreneurial spirit very early on. You know, Gary always talks about, uh, you know, uh, selling lemonade stands and ah. ripping uh, flowers out of one neighbor and then walking around to the front door and selling it back to the neighbor. <laughs> you know, oh, God. Little Things. Getting I, golf I, balls out of a pond, washing them and selling them. <laughs> absolutely. And by the way, I met a guy now that that is now a, a really big business for them. I bet. Pulling, you think know, about the ponds in Florida. Nobody wants to go in there. There's gators in there. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So somebody uh, doing that. You'd just be surprised at how many you were like, wow, there's really a business for that. Like, you know, I, I can't believe that somebody made a business out of that. That's really smart. There's no, and I love watching Gary go to the, still, he, he goes to garage sales and, you know, he just, because he yeah, loves yeah, to. Because he's do into the sport that. of it. You know, he's into the sport yeah. of it. He absolutely loves what he's doing now in the trading cards, uh, you know, and there's big business to be had there. Uh, in fact, I have two entrepreneurs who decided that they were going to leave their job and, and pursue a passion. And their passion was actually uh, in trading cards. You know, so they're that's, if that's passion, they're gonna be all in on that. Yeah, yeah, that's just it. If your passion becomes your profession, it's game over. Uh, and for me, my passion was always business. Always business, right? People just can't figure out so I don't understand. You're on the beach, you're reading a business book, you're still reading the Wall Street Journal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, business is my hobby. That's me too. Some people have golf leagues, so I love entrepreneurship, I love the ideas of bring him even this you know you and i talking was it just a conversation online mm-hmm. we brought it to reality you know that i would guest host that i would interview you and it, it's happening you can do that i think so many people don't they think about it but they don't really take the actions um, to do it and then when they when you do and you're successful you're like oh i can i can pretty much do anything mm-hmm. so um but yeah, yeah. that's what are you most excited about with Sasha? You're a year and a half into it. Going, you're in your second year. Obviously, a huge setback or whatever with the pandemic. What are you excited about? What did you learn in your first year 
at Sasha. Obviously, startup within the eight, the Vayner family, but what are you going to do different going into 2021 or change, or what are you really excited about? Yes, yeah, so um, we did something called an Eisenhower Matrix uh, uh, at the end of 2019, which I shared with Gary. You know, we, we set a revenue goal, right? So we, we were very fortunate. We did around $10 million in, in year one, uh, and we wanted to do, you know, 20 or more in year two. Yeah, congratulations. That's huge. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, and Gary was like, okay, so how are we going to get there? And, and the Eisenhower Matrix, which is a plotting graph, okay, with important and urgent put these dots on uh, and it was great to see how they came to pass. Right. So uh, we wanted to start a West coast office and, and we did okay. people there. We wanted to launch a, um, a membership subscription type model. And we did with the store. Uh, you know, we, we wanted to do more in the branding space. We wanted to help uh, existing mentors. We, you know, we had all, these things that we were taking the box. One was we wanted to launch our own podcast. Uh, that's okay. something I haven't done yet, uh, but I just literally got the plan before uh, we spoke. And uh, oh, wow. okay. live right after Labor Day. Um, so, you Ooh, know, that's really great. goals with important and urgent and then working hard to, to get to them, right? So, um, so uh, you know, I'm, I'm very excited about... Um, what Gary is selling really well at the Vayner Media side with this Vayner volume model, okay, where it's it's not about uh, a piece of content, it's not about creating art, it's it's about you know the scrappiness and speed and value and having a lot of content out there working on your behalf and and doubling down on the stuff that is working for you and walking away from the stuff that's not. So we're bringing our version of that volume model to the Sasha group. And that'll be a big 2021 driver for us. Uh, you know, as we, as we work with uh, brands that, that want to work with VaynerMedia and quite frankly, don't have the money to get into their hallways. So, you know, w- work with us on a, on a lesser level. It's not to say we do what Vayner does for less money. That's not about it. You know, we, we have a different model, but let us help you grow into VaynerMedia. Uh, and they love, you know, they love that that storyline and that vernacular. So um, Gary always says the Sasha Group is the most Gary-centric uh, offering that he has in the VaynerX portfolio, meaning that our client base is, is very closely aligned to, you know, his content and, and you know, what what's working for him. So uh, it's easy for us to kind of step in. Most of our clients are are, in fact, uh, fans of his content, followers of him. For sure, for sure. What um, I always have to ask about my industry. Um, what do you? Th- we obviously the out of home industry got hit really hard because nobody was driving. No one's used the transit system. Right. They they got hit hard, really, really hard. Um, I know it'll come back. You know, they you have to do what you have to do. You have to cancel people, and you have to you know redirect those dollars. What could the industry do to prevent this in the future so it wasn't such a hard hit? No one saw this coming, obviously. And we're not, you know, really an online industry, so to speak, except if you buy programmatic. What are are just your thoughts on that? Because there are... Well, look, I I think if you're an out-of-home provider and you don't have a digital solution, you are lost. 
Remember, I was the CEO of Aceto Mobile from 2011 through 2014. And when we, when we uh, developed our uh, uh, mobile display, uh, uh, mobile DSP, where, uh, you know, we had geofence capabilities and can serve an ad with 500 feet of, a, you know, of a storefront, um, our, our biggest clients were out of home providers, right? So you bought this billboard for Wendy's and you got this mobile thing because, you know, we'll, we'll send a message into Angry Birds app uh, or the weather channel. Uh, you know, you see it now. Wave, right? Whenever you're using Waze, they're saying, hey, there's a subway over here. There's a, you know, there's a gas station over here. You know, um, those are the out-of-home driven ads that are being served into your mobile device. Um, so, the, you know, I'm a big believer of, of digital signage. We use it. Oh, I, I work with you on some of my clients and using it. So I think it's very gripping. Um, but it's, it's hard to be in an out-of-home industry when nobody's out of home. Right. So, but everybody is on their phone. Right. So, so you better have strategic alliance, an acquired solution, a built offering that, that delivers to mobile. And by the way, when I was at CEDO, we didn't have access to any of the big, we couldn't get into Facebook or Pinterest or Twitter. We weren't serving ads into that stuff. You know, we were serving ads and Smaller, the smaller applications. Uh, you know, uh, the Weather Channel, different apps like that. So um, that's my advice. What are your thoughts on like the linear networks specifically? Like, obviously, all the theaters are shut down right now, right? And people have been at home. As soon as they open up, they're gonna. I want to go to a movie. I just want to get out of the house and do something. Do you, how do you feel about? you know, obviously reaching that audience in the linear network space as well, not just out of home, but, you know, more people are going to the grocery store. So is it, is it following where the audience attention is? Because I think everybody's looking for messaging or updates right now. And they're more like their eyes are open to it. Yeah. Look uh, for us, it's, it's always been about storytelling and relevant content that people want to engage with. Right. Uh, you know, because I came from the traditional uh, agency model where uh, it, advertising was a disruption. I'm going to disrupt whatever it is that you're doing. So mm -hmm. in a magazine, I'm going to stick an ad right in the middle of the article. You're watching it. You're watching a football game. I'm going to stop you and, and serve you a commercial. Right. Yeah. You, know, you got your favorite song going. I'm going to stop that. And you're going to listen to it. So it was <laughs> in your face okay <laughs> now um what we do is you know just part of your world and an interest in content that i want to consume okay like uh that that was a really interesting um uh, published piece that was probably paid for by Yeti that caught my attention didn't disrupt me but i'm interested in branding okay i thought it was a cool brand I shared that six times in the two days that I read it. Okay. Um, so how does, how does your advertisement become part of my life? Okay. It's part of my, uh, you know, world. 
Um, I've moved from radio to podcast because it allows me to consume the content when I want to consume it. Not, Hey, this thing is on at seven 30. You're either getting it or you're not. I, I, I had an interesting conversation, believe this or not with my, the pastor of my church who moved to virtual, obviously, because we couldn't meet. And he said to me, James, do you know, only 25% of the people are consuming the content when it's live at 10 a.m. on a Sunday. And I said, wow, that's interesting. I mean, I'm one of the ones that do get up and consume it at 10 a.m. But he's like, no, 75% of the people watch it at their leisure. Um, now, oh. we got a lot more people engaged than we ever did in the building. So the building sat 500. Maybe we're getting 750 or 1,000 engaging with it. But, but a, such a small percentage are showing up when I say we're going live at 10 a.m. on a Sunday, um, I, I found that very interesting and enlightening. Like people want to consume it when they want to consume it. They don't want you to tell that's, them when it is. That's right. Hey, you, you can embrace religion anytime, right? And yeah, that, maybe you're not ready for it. Maybe you're not awake yet. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's, uh, yeah, that's the same with our. Um, what's um, what is inspiring you right now? Are you reading anything? Are you doing any meditation? What are what are some of the inspirations that keep you going? And yeah, you know, just you read. Have, I just read this book. Let me let me get this book. <laughs> I thought somebody was at your door. No, your- no. Oh, this oh. Is, uh, reinvent your life. I just read this on my vacation, and uh, I saw your tweet. I'm gonna look yeah, at that. Yeah. yeah, it's really cool. It's about you know a lot of people who are um, mostly over 40, 50 years old who who were forced to reinvent themselves, right? So, and it's and it's so timely. Right now with the pandemic, we just talked about all these people getting laid off and everything like that. Uh, and some really great and interesting stories of, of pivots um, and uh, finding passions and, uh, and how things uh, came about. Uh, it's, uh, it's by Kathy uh, Sharp Rawson. Uh, I, I actually have uh, a piece in Chapter 14 because I was interviewed for this in Finding My Way. Oh, oh my gosh. So, uh, yeah. Oh, I'm going to get that. All right. Like Oprah, everybody gets a copy. <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> well, topic so now we, we've plugged we've plugged the store content we've plugged the uh, your life book uh, like what can we do see this is what we, i'm about uh, commercials during my normal process right Didn't i you- know it's, just, it's like the truman show all of a sudden there's product placement you know <laughs> <laughs> exactly. but um yeah it's just i think that we gosh it's so great to catch up with you i won't keep you any longer Mm-hmm. Um, but I do, I could talk to you for hours, obviously, but well, I, may have, I may actually have to put gas in my uh, generator because, because <laughs> yeah. Okay. You're I, it's going to run out at noon. <laughs> no, um, but yeah, no, thank you so much for being, I mean, this is the first time I hosted this program, mm-hmm. you, you came to mind right away and actually people asked for you. So I really appreciate you're so generous with your time, as I said at the beginning, and we got to do this every year because well, I, I hope uh, Tim's audience finds value with what it is that we discussed today. And, uh, you know, I, obviously I, I have, so the Sasha group is everything is the Sasha group, right? The website, uh, all the social channels, the Sasha group. Uh, the I, Sasha group. I said uh, like Ed Media in there, and that's my—I gotta correct that. But yeah, the Sasha yeah, group. Yeah, the Sasha okay. group. 
Uh, and I, I'm uh, James Orsini on uh, LinkedIn and Instagram and at Jimmy the Pencil on Twitter. I know, absolutely. And I, yeah, to connect with you and you're very generous and best. I want to hear what happens, you know, in 2021 when Sasha will have to get an update. So, Great. Okay, I look forward to it. I think we're losing you. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, James. It was a pleasure. Bye.